Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. As you know, this is a podcast in collaboration with Adidas. And a couple of days ago, they released the Swedish national team jersey. And inside of it, you can find a really cool small handbook on how to stop Sweden in the upcoming Euros. I mean, they are ranked number two on the FIFA ranking. So I, f- I think that every single team would need to learn how to stop Sweden in order for them not to win the gold this year because that's what their sights are set on. So if you want to see what the strengths of your favorite player is, be sure to head out to howtostopsweden.com and see what the strengths of your favorite player is because these exact statistics were also taken out by the national team's analyst. And so they are being ultra transparent with every single one for these upcoming Euros. And you can also head over to svenskfotball.se in order to get the limited edition jersey with a little handbook inside of it with every single player printed on there. So be sure to check it out and enjoy this episode. We've reached episode 13. This week's their pitch player is Emma Koivistel, a fullback who plays in the Finnish national team and in Brightonhove and Albion. She joined Copa Varisiotobori FC, now Beko Hecken, ahead of the season 2018, coming from the U.S. where she had played with Florida State University at a collegiate level. During her years in Sweden, she won the Dalmas Svenskan in 2020 before leaving the club to join Brighton in the Women's Super League. During her three years at Copa Bergetobori, she played 61 games and scored seven goals. Koivisto has, when this introduction is being recorded, made 72 caps for Finland's senior national team since she made her debut back in 2012. You're listening to their pitch and this is the Emma Koivisto episode. Yeah, my name is Emma Koivisto. Emma Koivisto. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm really good, thank you. So we're we're very happy that you wanted to do this with us. And we we have this segment on this podcast where Somebody that knows you very well sends in a quote about you on and off the field. And you then get to guess who it could be. Okay. Emma is a player that can run up and down the field the whole game. I would think she has outstanding numbers for that. She's a great defender, 1v1, and not many players can pass by her. I think offensively, she always is a threat on the far side and is always ready if a cross will come. We even scored a goal like that against Rosengard. And if she is the one up up the field, she's hard to read because you never know if she will try to beat you 1v1 
or cross the ball. And another great trait of her is that she hates losing, and it doesn't matter if it's a game or a training session. I love spending time with her on and off the field, a lot of bike rides, walks, and some hot dogs in the forest after a struggle making the fire. Who do you think it is? <laughs> yes, that's Julia. Rodar. Yeah. <laughs> that's Julia. That was really nicely said. Yeah, I mean, that was some some very nice words. And I like the fact that she said that you're quite hard to read. Like, you'll never know if you, you're going to try and go 1v1 or if you're going to cross the ball or, like, what you're thinking. And I think that's a good trait to have as a footballer that the opposing team can't predict what you're about to do. Yeah, that was surprising to hear. I didn't think that way. So it was really nice to hear that at least one player thinks that way. <laughs> But you're from Finland and you play for the national team over there. Yes. And... You obviously grew up in Finland as well, I assume, since you're from there. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about like growing up in Finland and playing football as a young kid? Like, how was that for you? And when did you start playing? Yeah, I started playing when I was six years old. And it was mainly because my my older brother played and also my dad had had been playing when when he was younger. And I actually started to play with the boys team. It was Like one major thing was that my brother played in that team. So it was easy for me to join that same team. So I think for one year I played in the same team as him. But then a year later they they started a team for my age group. So then I went in that one. And one other thing was that at the time when I started playing, there were not that many girls teams in in Finland yet or in the area where I lived so that's why I I started to play with boys and I think that was a really important thing thinking about my career like those six years with the boys teams they they helped me a lot as a player and and I think it's interesting that you say that because in Scandinavia you don't really hear about girls having played with With me, with boys team, with like boy teams around their area, but I don't know if you've noticed like when you went to the U.S. that some people in your class probably had. I mean, it was more usual that they had played in a boys team because that's what I've heard. Like over in the states, it's much more common than it is on this side of the world. But I think it's very interesting that you have that background and and how like you feel like that actually helped you in your footballing career. Yeah, I think we should do it more in the scandinavia too like have maybe mixed teams or something i think both both genders can have like advantages of that and then you started your career in finland your professional career right yes how how old were you when you started like when you went to like a professional like a pro i think i was something around 15 years old when i started to play with the women's team in finland but The league is, it's not a professional league, so it's like a semi-pro. Especially at the time when I, when I started playing there, the league wasn't that good yet, but it has been developing now, which is really good. And it made me think of something because I remember Olga said the same thing about like it wasn't a professional league. But then I also, I also started thinking about something else she said. And she said that when she first like knew that she wanted to go pro, It was because she went to this, um, she went to this camp with the national team players that it was like an occurring thing. Did you ever go to like some sort of like camp when you were younger to like with national team players that like held it? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't really attend those, but I think it was because I played with the, 
boys team like at that age so I wasn't I didn't really know about those even because I wasn't like involved in the same group of players kind of okay so how 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 did you realize that you wanted to be like a professional player I don't know there wasn't like a time when I realized it because I always I'm like a person that loves home and loves being being at home so and I knew that if I wanted to play as a professional it would mean that I have to move abroad so it was I had like mixed feelings because I wanted to I wanted to become a really good player but at the same time I really wanted to stay in Finland so but yeah I think when I got like my first uh youth national team uh camp then I realized that I am like quite good player and I have a chance to become a professional player. So I think that was the moment when I actually realized that this can become a job for me too. And it kind of baffles me how you say that you didn't want to move move from home and then you moved to the US. I know. Which is <laughs> it was like eight, nine hours away. That's a whole like it's a whole one eighty right there. Yeah. How did how did that come about? Like how how were you like how did the whole process go? Like, were you, did you contact the school? Did they contact you? Yeah, that was a really, really long and quite difficult process. The, the coach, Mark Krikorian, he contacted me for about two or three years and he was asking me to join Florida State. But I, I never really like give him an answer because I, I didn't know what I wanted or I I knew that I wanted to stay at home. But at the same time, there was one minor part of me that wanted to, to go there. So yeah, then one day the moment came when I had to say yes or no to him after two years. And then I just decided to say yes, even though 99% of me didn't want to go. But I just didn't want to miss the opportunity to, to go there because I think... Not everyone gets the chance to go there. And now afterwards thinking I'm, I think that's one of the best decisions of my life so far. And I think it's, I think it's great that you say this is like 1% of you. And that kind of shows that if you don't take a chance as well, you know, how, how you're affected by taking chances that you're not really comfortable with. And I mean, who knows? I mean, what you could, what you would have done if you maybe didn't go or, you know? Mm. And with FSU, did you guys win a title? If I'm not yes, mistaken? my first first year there. Yeah, your first year there. You guys won a title, and it was the NCAA like that title, right? Yeah, the national championship. Yeah. How was that? Like your first year, you guys are winning. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of sad that we got it my first year because then I didn't really appreciate it that much because I thought that would be just something that we win every year kind of because it just happened uh, but then yeah my second and third and fourth season there I started to realize how big it really was and how how much work it demanded so I wish I would have got it my last last season there that would have felt even better and you played with Megan Connolly who also plays for Brighton where you're at right now yeah you're, are you guys like comfortable playing together and like aside like next to each other? Cause obviously you've played college, so you guys should know each other. Yeah. But it was just a coincidence that we ended up in the same team. But yeah, I think we played two seasons together in FSU. So 
yeah, I think it helps that we have played um, together earlier too. So we knew each other well. And before you came to Brighton, you played in Sweden uh, for Gothenburg, which also seems to be a reoccurring theme on this podcast because a lot of players that we've had on has played for that team. And it's like maybe half, which is quite interesting. And... How how was that time in Sweden for you? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things why I ended up in Gothenburg was that when I left from the US, I I was uh, feeling um or I was missing home a lot, obviously because I had been so far away from home even though I didn't want to even live abroad. So then I wanted to live closer to home. So and then Gothenburg offered me a contract, so that like that was just what I wanted playing there for three years was a really good experience I think we had a really good team there and I think I also developed as a player a lot there and yeah winning the Swedish championship my last year there was also a really really cool thing to to get uh, in what ways do you think you've developed like as a player? Mm, I think the biggest thing was like the things that I do with the ball because we we were a team that had a lot of possession in the games and also um many of our players are really or were really good with the ball like most of them or many of them were playing the Swedish national team so being able to play with such a good players and train with them every day. I think um, that was one big thing that I was able to develop there. Yeah, and I I was snooping around uh, the Finnish FA's website and read something about you that before you went to the US to play uh, in college. Uh, and then you returned that, that during these years in, in the US, you developed your f- physical part of the game. Uh, a lot. Do you think that was that um, an ability that you needed coming into Sweden and to play in the Damalsvenskan? Um, yeah, that is a good question. I think, like, um, my biggest strengths always have been on the physical side. So, <laughs> I obviously it is. It was good that I was able to develop them even more in the US. So it helped to be able to adapt to the game in the Swe- in Sweden because I think the Swedish league was even better than the college league in in the US or the tempo was higher in there. So yeah, I would say that it helped me. And with Gothenburg, you say you won a title and then how is that time for you after winning the title? Did you had you already signed with Brighton when when it was chaotic at the club? I don't remember if I had signed, but I had already made a decision to leave. It was just because I had been already three years there and I felt like I was in my comfort zone. So I wanted to experience something else and like challenge myself in a new environment. So that was the reason I, I had decided to leave already. So you weren't really affected by the whole thing? No. Like, of course, it was sad to hear about it, but it didn't really affect me yeah. or my career. No, because you went to Brighton soon after that. 
were you in contact before, like when you had made a decision to leave? I mean, that doesn't come out like you want to leave, but did you have any other clubs that were on the radar except for Brighton that c- contacted you? I had some offers from mainly from Italy and Spain, but England had been a a place where I I have wanted to play at some point in my career, and now when I had a chance, I just decided to come here. Was it any top teams from? Italy, Spain? <gasps> no, not, no, <laughs> not the top teams. So that's why you chose England then, because it was a place you wanted to go. Yeah, the league in England is is really good. And it, I think it's even like getting better now and people are putting money in it too. And players around the world wants to come here. So it's just, I think it's just a league that is has a lot of potential right now. You don't have too long left on your contract with Brighton, right? No, it ends in the summer. Is it like, is it a club where you want to stay at, or do you feel like you want to test your wings at some other like league, or is like England the main, the main league right now? Yeah, I haven't decided anything. I have enjoyed being in England, so I, I would be happy to stay in England, but I'm also open to pretty much everything. So I, I don't really know what I want <laughs> right now. Yeah. Do you still miss Finland? So you're, you're constantly missing home or have you gotten over that part? Yeah, I still miss home a lot, but I think I'm more used to living abroad now. And I know that I, I still have time to live in Finland at some point in, in my life. So I'm not rushing home right now. And speaking of Finland... You've played 68 games for your national team. Do you remember your first? Yes, I remember. It was in Cyprus Cup. We played against South Korea and I got subbed in in the 60-something minute. And I was so nervous. I was super, super nervous. (laughs) I was only 17 years. And I remember we... We drawed that game. It was 1-1 or something. And then it was penalties. And I, I didn't know what to do. I was like so close to start to cry because I was so, so nervous and like all the emotions just exploded after the game. And then I remember that coaches that just pulled me out of the pitch. Like I didn't even stand in the middle with the other players who were taking the penalties. <laughs> and then I just started to cry. <laughs> It's the cutest thing I've ever heard, honestly. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's cute. I think it's super cute. But um, has that traumatized you? Are you now? Are you like, no want to do penalties at all? (laughs) No, it's all good now. (laughs) It's all good, Nick. So you can step up and take a pen. Yes. We should talk about it. I feel like, and we should talk about the Euros that are coming up, 2022. You guys ended up in a quite difficult group. Group of deaths, some people might say. It's Spain, Germany, and Denmark. What was your initial reaction to that when you saw the draw? Mm, I was quite shocked. I couldn't believe that it was true. It was like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> like, wake me up. Yes. How, how did the talk go around the team? Were you guys like, okay, let's just do this. We're going to... We have, we have to like, we're going to have to try to beat them anyways. Like, like how was, how was the, the thought process around the team when you guys saw this? What was the reactions in the chats? Actually, now when I'm thinking about it, we didn't even, 
talk about it that much. <laughs> we just accepted it. I feel like it's an interesting group to say the least and it could go honestly either way. They say it's the group of death, but I mean, Finland has showed in like the the World Cup qualifiers right now, like you guys are a good team. Denmark has showed they're a good team. Germany has showed the same thing. Spain I are doing crazy things right now with their women's team. But like every other team has sh- like every team has shown that they're there to play. I mean, that's why you make the Euros too cuz you're a good team. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But are you excited for the Euros? Yeah, of course. I think that's one one uh, or that has always been one one of my biggest dreams to play in the Euros. I missed the last last time Finland was in the Euros. I was I was injured back then and I had like just got up to the A-, A team as well. So yeah, this is going to hopefully be the first years for me. So I'm super excited about that. You're a defender as well. Um, what's the story behind you playing the position that you do? Yeah, I remember it was when I started to play with the girls team. Before one friendly game that we played, the coach came to our dressing room and pulled me out from there. And she was saying that... What would I think if she would make me a fullback? And she was saying that I would have like the qualities to become a modern fullback. So that's that's how it started. Mia, I'm gonna give you your. You're gonna go over to your segment soon, but I I know this is a question that's gonna come to you, and I feel like it come from you, but I feel like it, it it should come now. What are the traits of a modern football, like of a modern fullback that you say that you, that she thought that you would have? Yeah, I think it's the ability to attend the attacks and like run up and down the flank. And yeah, I think the modern fullback has to be able to have the, or must have the qualities to also attack and not only focus on the defending side of the game. We can continue on that on that road now that you just said it yourself, looking at fullbacks just running up and down all the time and, and you often play like 90 full minutes of a game. So how, how do you even train for that? Because that's, I mean, it, it's not the same physical training that a centre-back has to, has to do, I presume. Yeah, I think you cannot even really train for that like I think the condition comes um, from the games that you play it is really hard to just get that condition by doing like a normal football training I would say so off season do you run a lot a lot not two months like I, w- I wouldn't say I I run more than the others So maybe like in the beginning of the season, I'm not fit enough to do the running in the games either. But then <laughs> slowly it comes when I have played a few games. So maybe that coach, what, coach was right, saying that you, what what they saw in you, like you had the natural abilities to become a really good fullback because you you just you don't have to. Don't misunderstand me, but but I mean, you you didn't have to work for for the natural abilities to to play your position yeah i think that's that's fair to say i think that's uh one quality that i i just happen to have i'd be i am able to run quite much do you enjoy to play as a fullback i mean because some of the players we have had on often have started as you as well started in other positions and then 
you might end up thinking as a player when a coach come come with that suggestions to you that oh me am I going to play here I I want to keep on playing this position what do you what do you mean how how do you feel about your position Yeah luckily I was only around 13 years old when I when I made my tra- like transition to become a fullback so then I was quite open to everything and also now afterwards thinking I I love playing as a fullback I think it's the pos- best position to play at because you are you can um attend the attacks but you also can uh defend so you can do pretty much everything on the pitch so I think it's a really good position to play at I think when you when you played in in Sweden you played uh as a wing back as well right yeah so but now in Brighton you play a back four and and the modern fullback role yeah yeah that's true i i don't really know what i prefer first i when i played as a wing back i was hoping that we would play with the four back line because it felt more like a home for me because i had played that position more but now when i have played the four back line again i sometimes um miss playing as a wing back because then i was able to attend even more the attacks so i don't know both positions are really fun in in terms of of playing as a wing back in in sweden a little bit but also in a back four what do you think i mean a lot of people always want to know the differences uh, and w- we can add what what do you think is the most different thing uh, playing in Sweden and in with Gothenburg and then coming to England and the WSL playing with Brighton in the tactical perspective um first of all about the differences but playing as a wing back or a full back in the four back line i think in the wing back role it was easier to join the attacks because i was usually higher on the pitch already like in the starting point but then Sometimes it felt like it was even more running as a wing back because I was um or or I had to be high on the pitch when we attacked but then also I sometimes I had to drop down all the way to our line when we defended so yeah I don't know so sometimes it felt more organized being in the four back line because then it was more clear what my role is kind of i don't know if that makes any sense but about the differences in sweden and in england i think in england the game is even more tactical like especially in brighton we we watch a lot of video clips and we go into like really small details in the game we analyze our own games afterwards and also analyze the opponent before games so i think we highlight more the tactical parts um here in England or at least in Brighton compared to Gothenburg i mean it's it's very interesting to see also in the women's game how clubs and teams work with football analysis because i mean it's it's still a difference there as well because it's about resources but i mean i i thought about it uh, the other day as well do you like numbers and stats do you watch your own stats and numbers yeah i think it's interesting to see in in what way do you think you could use stats and numbers 
to improve your own play? Yeah, we actually got that same question from our coaches in the off season. Like, what would be the things that would help us to like improve our game from the video analysis part? And it was really hard to come up with specific examples because most of them are if I would want to know how many passes I was able to complete that's just I don't know if it's helpful or not it's just interesting to know but maybe something related to what is like the direction of my passes if I'm mostly passing backwards or sideways or forward so if I'm seeing that I I play most of my passes backwards that not that's not really helpful for the team. So then if I can see that, then I realize that I have to maybe try to find options more forward. And also the players around me, that they are supporting me and offering options for me to play forward. Do you watch a lot of football yourself uh, in your free free time? No, to be honest, I, I don't. I only watch football if I have friends that play that like if I know someone on the pitch then I like watching games but I don't I don't really follow any like Premier League or anything and no other women's league as well no only if if my if if my friends play that's the only only time I watch (laughs) I think it's it's quite interesting because then you really will be able to just enjoy watching the football as well like you just watch it for fun then Yes. Yeah, I don't really analyze it when I'm... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Watch. In what way do you think your own performance uh, is affected looking at how much information analysis you have been getting before going on to the pitch? Do you think your, your own performance could be affected in, oh no, I didn't have the information I needed to do what I was asked to do? Or, or yeah. I think the most helpful bit for me is if I can see beforehand what is the winger that's playing against me when I'm playing as a fullback like what is she usually doing like if she's both footed for example if she can um pass me on my left or right if she's if she likes to cut in more and take a shot or or dribble towards the line and take a cross. So I think that's helpful to know what she's usually doing. But of course, I, I have to be able to adapt to everything, everything that happens on the pitch. And also the best players, they they are a- able to adapt to the opponent too. So they don't necessarily do the same things against different opponents. Do you have a memory of a specific game where where your team won the game and did everything according to plan. No, I don't think that has ever happened. <laughs> so so that's kind kind of uh, you know tells us that even if you have the perfect plan and 
you you have been told what to do before getting on the pitch everything can happen and like you said you have to adapt to to whatever comes at you yeah exactly i think that's the that's the game like football is about being able to adapt to everything that happens on the pitch and what you see with your own eyes we go into questions from listeners Theodore underscore LH on Twitter. What have you learned most from your first year with Hope Powell slash time in the WSL? I think, first of all, playing in the WSL, I have been or I have had to adapt to a higher tempo than I was that I was used to playing in Sweden. And from Hope Powell, like I said before, most of our trainings are really tactical and we also analyze the games really um or a lot and go into minor details so i think the tactical part is one thing that i have developed here so far iceberg twitter at eric bergson wants to know and i think we already talked about this and you have actually explained the first part of his questions already, but he wants to know how did you end up in Tallahassee and what was it like playing for Mark Krikorian? Yeah, I already responded how I ended up there, but playing for Mark Krikorian, I think that's uh, one of the best things <laughs> in my life so far. He's uh amazing person and amazing coach. FSU won their third national championship now a few days ago, so that tells that he must be a really good coach, but also off the pitch, he's an amazing person and he wants to develop develop his players also off the pitch and like try to help his players in like every possible way that you can and yeah, he he really cares about his players too. So that's like not a quality that, quality that every coach has. So yeah, he's he's an amazing person and a coach. Did you know about him before you went over there? Um yeah, like I said he contacted me for like 2 years, so I had some <laughs> discussions with him beforehand and also there had been some Finnish players playing for him before, so I I had heard positive things about him beforehand. And I think this question is from a Brighton fan account because it says at tweeting Seagull from Twitter. And they say, it would be interesting to hear about the club's new training facilities and the most notable differences from previous facilities. Certainly seems to have had a positive effect this season. Yes, the new training facilities are amazing. I don't think I can even compare them to what we had before. I guess when I got here in January, we just used the Amex, the stadium, or the gyms that they have there. And also we had meetings in like in the dressing rooms there. And we train at the university pitches close to that stadium. So yeah, now the facilities that we have, we have pretty much everything. The training pitches are really good. Um, we have like two pitches that we use and also a warm-up area. Yeah, and the grass is really good there. And also we have a big, big gym that we can use and 
a pool and a cold tub and hot tub. So we have like our own facility just for for us. So yeah, we we pretty much have everything that you can even ask for. And I think it's quite interesting that you that you you say this now because I mean Brighton, your season so far has been really good. I mean you're competing for at the moment a Champions League spot, so it could be safe to say that. Like I mean, your surroundings and the training facilities really help really helps uh, in this matter. Yeah, I would say so, and I I'm really happy that we have been doing well so far. So it shows that it's like it makes a difference if you have a good environment where to train and do your life every day. And also, I think already the fact that the training pitches are so much better. So I think the quality in trainings has improved a lot when we moved to the new new training ground. So I, I would say that it helps. These are from Abdul Abdullah, and he's at Kun Abd on Twitter. Which type of winger is the toughest you have had to face in terms of play style? Hmm. I think the toughest ones are obviously the fastest ones or the most explosive ones. And also those that are both footed. So you don't know if they go on your left or right. And those that are eager to take you one against one. So I think those are the most challenging ones. And he also would like to know how much does your game adapt or change when you have different profiles of players around you? I mean, like if you play with them more, if you have a more defensive winger in front of you uh, or a more defensive center back, does that gives you room to attend the attacks more if, if these players are more attacking and do you get more defensive if they are more attacking? Yeah, I think my I should change my game more <laughs> depending on that, but most of the time I just do my thing. I don't care what the <laughs> other players do around me. But I think the biggest thing is like about the center back that I'm playing with. If I can trust that she can cover my area too when I'm I'm not there. So I think that affects my game a little bit how the center back is. This next question is from Audriozolite on Twitter. In the modern game, fullbacks are often attackers first and defenders second, as a lot of impetus is put on the ball-playing ability of them to turn creators into the final third. Do you feel the same about the shift? Yeah, I would say so. Because I, I remember when I started playing as a fullback, it was kind of a new thing, especially in Finland. Like I was a special fullback kind of because I was attending the attacks too. But I think nowadays it's, it's more like a normality. Like fullbacks are, um, expected to join the attacks too. I don't know if that responded to the question, but <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. And the last question that we have is also from the same person. And they say, in a position demanding the fullback 
How key does the physical attributes like recovery, pace, and engine become? Mm, yeah, I think it's a must. Like, not everyone can be a fullback. You have to be able to run up and down. Otherwise, you cannot be a modern fullback. You cannot join the attacks if you're not able to recover and come back and be able to defend after after being part of the attack. So, yeah, I think you must have those qualities. And that wraps up the questions from our listeners. We have this last segment, which is a this or that rapid fire questions. You don't get to think. It's just pick whatever comes to mind first out of these two options. So here I go then. Um, a good slide tackle or intercepting a pass that is about to break the lines. Slide tackle. Dribbling your way out of the first line of pressure on your own or playing out with perfect one-touch passes together with a teammate. I would say one-touch passes because this is a team sport. Yeah. Coming on from the bench to make an impact to get the win or starting in a mediocre game? I would say starting because I hate being on the bench. Causing a tactical foul for the opponents or taking one yourself for the team to stop a counterattack? Causing a foul for the opponents. Start a perfect attack from the back that results in a goal or scoring one yourself? I had to be selfish in this one, so scoring a goal. (laughs) (laughs) And there, there we go. That's a wrap, I would say. Emma, thank you so much for being on here and a part of our podcast. It's been fun. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had fun. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.